It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me talking Michigan, Penn State's top 10 matchup by far both teams' biggest game of the season. We're going to preview it from the Michigan side of things, looking at keys for the Wolverines' offense, keys for the Wolverines' defense. We'll do some prop bets over-under picks along the way, and then, of course, our final score prediction at the end of this episode, tons of content, as always, over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Got the scouting report, got the by-the-numbers preview, got four keys and a pick, along with some storylines about Michigan's defense and, and offense, because there's, there's certainly, you know, as much good as was shown in Michigan's win over Indiana, they, I think both sides of the ball feel like there's, there's an even higher gear. And if they can reach that this weekend, you know, the Wolverines can really set themselves up for a very successful season. Anyway, Steve, taking a peek at this offense, you know, Penn State, we mentioned it before the season. I think I, I cited in my game-by-game uh, game predictions that I felt like Penn State would be the toughest challenge that is in Ohio State that Michigan faces all season. And I cited the, the consistent defense as part of it. Once again, a very good defense, top 10, top 15, top 20, and pretty much every per play category. They've been thrown on a lot this season. They actually have faced more pass attempts than any other team in the country per game. So they, they technically rank outside the top 100 in passing yards allowed. But if you go by per play, they're top 12. If you go by completion percentage or passer rating allowed, they're top 12. And so for you, what, what is the biggest key for this Michigan offense an offense that so far this week has said things like there's still meat on the bone. There's still, you know, more plays or more opportunity to, to break out than what they've shown so far. What's, what's the biggest key in your mind for the Wolverines offense heading into this matchup? Not sure if it's the biggest key, but like the, I saw that stat about McCarthy's numbers right now on play action. Uh, Michigan has to utilize that a little bit more on Saturday. 22 for 25 with four touchdowns. Right. I mean, that's Why not, not do that a hundred times. I mean, honestly, like as Stop good as, Cor- as, yeah, <laughs> as Coram's been one of the best players in the country so far this year, that gives you a huge advantage, uh, you know, in just, in just running play action period. So, you know, and the other thing too, I don't know, you know, where the stats are in this too. It just, it does kind of feel like McCarthy's almost a little more comfortable outside of the pocket or on the run, uh, maybe not more comfortable, but he's, he's very comfortable. Does it feel like he sees the field better? It kind of does. Situation? Yeah. I mean, I've had that and, same thought. It might limit what throws he can make necessarily, but there's still plenty of options. Uh, it's not as if it's a, a one read play when he comes outside the pocket. So yeah, I mean, 
if I'm Michigan, I'm I I feel like a healthy dose of that, you know, because Penn State's always like the one thing about Penn State uh, always have a solid front seven. They just they're it seems like Penn State is is almost always very similar every year on both sides of the ball, and I kind of still feel that way. Really good at cornerback too, uh, Kalen King, a kid Michigan really really wanted out of Detroit, Cast Tech, uh, Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, it's interesting that they've had the ball thrown on them so often. I, I suspect it's because their run defense has been really solid. So, well, they've also faced a lot of pass pass happy teams, right? Offense, so, like Purdue, Northwestern and Purdue. Purdue. Northwestern, yeah, sure. So, yeah, I, I think Michigan has to go to the go to the well with that play action stuff again. And again, I don't know. You know, it just never feels like Michigan is going to be a pass to set up the run team. It just it's just not does not feel like it's ever going to be their identity. Uh, this could be one of the, a game where it may, I would think it might be advantageous to do so, but either way, you got to get that play action, get passing game going. If it's been that successful so far, uh, I think you have to keep going with it. Maybe you've used it a little bit more uh, and just kind of build off of that and see where things go. I mean, you know, the bubbles too. Like I just, I'm really big at how well Michigan has utilized or uh, executed those when they use them. Cause it does get those linebackers thinking a little bit. So, you know, that that's another play where, you know, even if it's only getting four or five a pop, like that's four or five, like that's, that's not bad. That's good. So those two things are something I'm kind of interested to see, uh, you know, and, and it just, Feels like I think just feels like things are more comfortable now with McCarthy back there, and it feels like he he might be ready. I, I guess maybe you agree, Zach. It does feel like he's one of those guys on the precipice of having like a a really big game, uh, whether it's this weekend, whether it's in a couple weeks, whatever. Just feels like it's getting that, that close second to- half against Indiana. I just keep going back to that. You know that. That was when really the first time Michigan was like, hey, can you give us a couple scoring drives? Like kind of Blake Corum was not dominating. Michigan was, itself was not dominating. And he went out there and looked very calm. I thought his throw, like a couple of his third down or second and long throws in that 99, 98-yard drive. I, I see what you're seeing where it's like there, there is a star quarterback in there somewhere Emerging right soon. yeah soon. yes yeah and yeah and that's why so um you know I don't know might not be the best week to predict that because Penn State is a really good defensive team but you know the atmosphere should be pretty crazy on Saturday uh you know Michigan always plays Penn State very well at home COVID year notwithstanding uh so you know I, again yeah it's 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 right there uh it's just a matter of of it happening, I feel like. So it could be this weekend. Like I said, with as good as they play to, uh, as good as they look on the play action stuff, you got to think they're going to use a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, it, part of it's play action, part of it's the screen game. My biggest key for, for Michigan's offense is get the linebackers and safeties in conflict, put them in coverage as much as possible, get them on their heels where they're not knowing where the ball is going to go. Because they're they're actually they have some great pass rushing linebacker, you know, Curtis Joseph. Uh, you know, I think they have some safeties that are pretty good at it too, Keaton Ellis. But I want to read these stats. These are coverage stats from Pro Football Focus. Penn State's cornerbacks, thinking about the top three guys, they've allowed 21 completions on 56 pass attempts. Not good. They have not allowed a touchdown. 
they have allowed a 71.9 passer efficiency rating. Now, this is a metric where 150 is a good number for a quarterback. 71.9, pretty bad. They've actually, they actually have 23 pass breakups to 21 receptions allowed. I mean, that's like Michigan in 2016 kind of numbers. Safeties, not as good. 33 for 53, 331 yards, almost 100 yards more. Three touchdowns, four picks but a 118 passer efficiency rating. Linebackers start starting to look a little like Michigan, where 22 for 29 passing, 192 yards, one touchdown, zero picks, 143 passer efficiency rating. So to me, I don't think you necessarily want to throw on, on Porter and King that often, because I think they're that good. I do think, though, those opportunities will open up if you can get some work done over the middle of the field. If you can keep the linebackers and safeties honest where they can't just go after the quarterback because Michigan's equipped more than other teams, more than some of the other teams Penn State has faced this season. They have a Luke Schoonmaker at tight end. They have A.J. Henning who can really kind of rotate anywhere in the field and someone is going to have to be on him and probably someone slower than him is going to have to be covering him. All right, quick, real quick. Sure. Point. Is this... Is this a game maybe you see a little bit more Corum and Edwards on the field at the same time? I, I think that would really help Michigan out because my thought is Schoonmaker, Edwards, Henning, and Corum. If three of those four are on the field and running routes, in my personal opinion, I think one of them will be open every single time. I do not think, as good as Penn State's defense is, I think if you have three of those four out there and they're all running routes, I don't think Penn State has the personnel to cover three. That's why that's what Michigan was recruiting for, you know, all this time where they were constantly selling guys on positional versatility or or being speed out of the slot, things like that. I mean, this feels like the game where that payoff comes to fruition because this is a very good defense. It's not a defense that's going to give up, you know, a 25-yard bomb downfield out wide. You know, the go routes aren't gonna, aren't necessarily going to work against Porter and King. So can you get the linebackers and safeties lining up on, on an Edwards, on a Henning? Because eventually, if you do that enough, you're going to create a mismatch at some point. Penn State does that to Michigan uh, you know, back when they had Saquon Barkley. You know, it's, it's, it's part of the chess match of you know, high-talent football in college right now. And so, yeah, you, you, you push the opportunity to create a mismatch the odds that someone will be at least open enough for a five-yard catch. I mean, think about last season. Cade McNamara, I thought his Penn State game was fantastic because he didn't – there were a couple plays where he pushed the ball downfield, but really it was, it was a lot of the just finding the guy who was open because someone is going to be open if you, if you have that versatile of talent, you know, moving in the, in the backfield, moving into the slot. So I – to me, I think it's just keeping them honest because they are good pass rushers. If, 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 if Michigan is kind of vanilla offensively, I think you'll start to see the linebackers and even the safeties blitz and have success with that. So to me, it's about keeping those linebackers and safeties honest because one, Michigan has the personnel for it. Two, I think if there's one area of Penn State's pass defense that has struggled, and it's not surprising, otherwise they'd put the linebackers at cornerback. But I do think the linebackers and the safeties offer an opportunity kind of similar to Michigan's defense right now. All right, one other key I have 
because I think we, at some point, Michigan's going to have to run the ball. They have a better rushing offense than any Penn State has faced this season. I don't think it's really close, unless unless something has changed. They did. They Penn State has not faced a top, an offense ranked higher than seventy fifth in yards per game or yards per carry. Michigan obviously is is much higher than seventy fifth in both of those stats. And so, Steve, I have one more stat to share. So far this season in run run game. Penn State has 59 stops. Stops are defined as two yards or fewer or on third down or fourth down, you get the stop. They have 59 stops, but they have 36 missed tackles in in the run game alone. Michigan, meanwhile, has 91 stops. So what's that, 32 more? And they only have 17 missed tackles. So to me, this this is a very untested run defense. I'm not going to guarantee the same results as what Michigan had against Ohio State last year, but I, I'm reminded when I see like the game by game stats versus who they're playing and who you know how many tackles are being made. I think that there is an opportunity for Michigan if they can run physically and consistent. If they can be consistently physical, I think they're going to get some free yards. Not necessarily a 45 yard touchdown run, but on a play where they block for four yards. Maybe they get seven because I, I think that opportunity is there. I think there's missed tackles up front as well as in the linebacker core. And ultimately, I don't think this is a defensive front that is used to meeting a ground and pound team like Michigan at the line. This is going to be probably the best offensive line Penn State has faced this season. Certainly think it's going to be the best running back Penn State has faced this season. So I think even though the, the per game rushing stats aren't, aren't, don't suggest this, I think there is an opportunity if Michigan can play physical in the ground game and be deceptive too, right? I mean, like that's where the play action comes in handy. That's where, you know, J.J. McCarthy keeping on a few of these read options, you know, that's valuable too. But ultimately, I think Michigan in, in terms of the trench play, I do think Michigan's offensive line could have success in this game. I don't think that it will be, it might not look like the success that it's had in other games this season, but I do think with the right timing, with the right cohesiveness and the right mindset, you know, this, this is an opportunity for Michigan to punch a very good defense in the mouth. And it's going to be a defense that hasn't been punched in the mouth in that sense really this season they face some good passing offenses probably probably a couple better passing offenses or at least one other better passing offense than Michigan but they have not faced a team that's going to bring the physicality in the run game like Michigan has all right Steve let's get to a couple of these offensive prop bets these are provided by our good friend Neil via Azul 97 on the message board Let's start there with the run game, just because I was just talking about it. Blake Corum has 34.5 more rushing yards than Penn State's leading rusher. I'm taking the over. I think part of it is I think Penn State has two, right? Katron Allen, Nick Singleton, true freshmen who I, I think are both going to have really solid careers for the, for the Nittany Lions. But I, I think, one, they're going to have to split carries. But two, I think I think this is a game... It, it might look a lot like last week where it's like 100 yards on 30 carries or something like that. But I do think this is a game where Blake Corum's going to be able to have enough success to help 
keep things open for Michigan's offense, right? Because because the play action, part of the why it's worked so well for Michigan is everyone wants to go get Blake Corum as soon as possible if they think he's getting the ball because he's a he's tough to tackle. He's elusive if you give him a couple steps. And so I, I, I think this is a game where Michigan is going to actually be able to have at least modest success rushing the ball, but I think that's going to be a lot of Corum, whereas Penn State, even if they have some success, even if they run for 150 yards, I don't know that there's going to be one guy who has more than 80 of those rushing yards. So I think I'm taking the over on this one. How about you? I mean, to me, this comes down to one question. Does one of the Penn State backs make an explosive play in the running game, right? Um, <clears throat> I guess this would probably be – Could this would this be the time to bring in that stat that we were talking about? Because oh, to me – yeah, we can me, do it now. Well, yeah. well, to, but to me, this is almost as much a defensive uh, over-under as it is offensive. Yeah, because, I agree. I agree. Right? Um, credit to our – our message board, uh, there's some guys in there that do a lot of, you know, just kind of fanatical <laughs> like stats and digging and stuff. And, uh, you know, Nick Singleton is going to be a, a star. Uh, he's already kind of emerged as a name, uh, but maybe a little has been a little bit inconsistent. And I didn't realize that until uh, I read these stats. And I believe he's gained, and I, I don't have the exact number, uh, but on five carries this year, he's gained something like 270 yards on five carries. So he has broken some really long, explosive, exciting runs. Uh, yeah, besides- he has five carries of 40 yards or more, and I don't believe anyone else in the Big Ten has more than three. Right. So a, a home run hitter um, in the in the truest sense, but – besides those carries he's only averaging somewhere around like three yards a carry so to me Corum more more of a consistent you know every down type back so between the split between yeah uh, with the two Penn State backs that they like to give the ball to and the way that Corum runs I I do I just think it comes down to whether or not Singleton breaks one I'm torn uh, just because it does seem like Michigan even in a game that they play well and win that they, they do tend to have to tend to tend to have a couple broken plays defensively. I'm going to err on the side. Michigan's been really good against the run this year. Uh, I'm going to, so I'm going to err on that side and say uh, over for Blake Corum. So, uh, you know, but this is one where I'm open to being wrong because I do think Singleton, while, like I said, we were kind of illustrating a little bit of an inconsistency. Uh, he's going to be really, really good and is definitely capable of, of taking one. Sure. All right. Next one, 11.5 receptions for Ronnie Bell and Luke Schoonmaker. Yeah, it seems like in the last few weeks, these two have really emerged as J.J. McCarthy's favorite passing targets. 11.5 receptions, 12 or more. I, I think I'm going to take the over. I, I, it's weird because I, I think everything's going to come, everything's going to be a little bit more muted in this game. Like, I don't think these like crazy stats are going to, I don't know if Michigan's going to throw for 300 yards or run for 150. Like it might be a, a calmer game, but I, I see a scenario where Ronnie Bell has five catches and Luke Schoonmaker has seven. Eh, it's right around. It's, it's a little high right now. I think I'm going to take the over though. Feels it does feel like, one way or another, McCarthy's going to try to find those two. And, and, and credit to both of them, they really create some separation. I mean, it's, it's uncanny how open 
Luke Schoonmaker still was last week, even though he had put up pretty good numbers the previous two weeks. It was like, I don't know. I'm almost reminded of like Khalid Hudson in 2017, where like Minnesota forgot that he existed for a game. And it's like, how, how do you forget about him? He's been doing it all year. But I think I'm going to take the over because I think Bell can line up in the slot as well. You know, he's a pretty darn good receiver. And then I think Schoonmaker, as I kind of mentioned above, I think I think there'll be an opportunity for him to get a get a few catches. You know, tight end tight end play was a really big part of Michigan's win over Penn State last year. And that I would say that before Eric All scored the game winning touchdown. So your thoughts, eleven point five receptions for Ronnie Bell and Luke Schoonmaker. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the over as well. I I, I wish I'd have maybe looked a little bit closer to how often Bell was matched up with Tywan Mullen last Saturday, because Tywan Mullen's a good cornerback too. Uh, and Bell was very open. I, yeah, I don't know what the – I got to be honest, like one of the tangents or seeing – maybe it's just on our site, whatever, is uh, this idea that the receivers from Michigan aren't creating separation. Uh, I think that's ridiculous. I think that Michigan's receivers are open a lot. Uh, you know, and Bell was – did, did he even have to make like one really contested catch yesterday or last week? Because it, it really didn't seem like it. It seemed like he was free to operate. Uh, and, again, I know we know Indiana's pass defense – uh, really, really bad. Not a good pass defense. Penn State's will be much better. But either way, Bell has kind of reemerged sort of as that go-to guy, I think. And then Schoonmaker, yeah. has like I, I compared him to Jake Butt last week, just in the idea of, of sort of being that safety valve for the quarterback. You know, like I think that's what Jake uh, – Jake was a great player even beyond that. But I think one of his biggest values was, you know, just his ability to just kind of be open underneath and gain a few yards, I, uh, you know, a guy that Spate could kind of get the ball to whenever he needed to. So seems like Schoonmaker's kind of playing that role the last few weeks. So uh, feels like those are the two guys he feeds the most. So I'm, I'm going to go with the over on that one. All right, last one. Uh, there'll be a couple more. There's a whole story that we do of these. But but in terms of the podcast, last offensive one for the podcast, I thought this would be like a good bottom line prediction situation. 3.5 different Michigan players score a touchdown maybe a little bit of a spoiler to my overall prediction. Uh, Neil is pretty confident that Michigan's going to score four or five touchdowns in this game. And it's, it's plausible, uh, but Penn state so far this season defense has, has really held up in the, in the scoring column. Really Purdue was the only team I would say that, that got them with a few consecutive scoring drives. Do four different Michigan players score a touchdown rushing or receiving Michigan does like to spread the ball around, so I do think if they score five touchdowns, they'll get there. But even last week, you know, Cornelius Johnson scored two, uh, and, and in previous weeks there's been guys who Blake Corum scored five in that one game. I mean, it's, it's, it does seem like when it comes down to the red zone, there's just a couple players that emerge. I'm going to take the under on this one. Steve, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to take the under, too. That seems a little too aggressive. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, could see Corum, if, if they're down in the red zone, could see score, Corum scoring a couple. But even then, though, you know, this could be a 24 to 17 type game. You know, I just, I, you know, I don't think it's a inevitable conclusion that Michigan will score four touchdowns in this game necessarily. So, uh, so no, I'm going to go with the under on this one for sure. All right. With that, we're going to hit a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk about keys for Michigan's defense against Penn State's offense. 
some more prop bets, and then our final predictions for the game. This is the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we're back. Thanks for waiting. So, Steve, I do think over the past few years, Michigan has had quite a bit of success of, I would say, limiting Penn State's offense. Yeah, I'm trying to think the last time Penn State really, it probably was that 2017 game. It was the last time Penn State really torched Michigan or, or really you know, got them. I know 2019, they, they scored a lot early, and they scored on big plays but it wasn't necessarily like a consistent dominance. And even, even that, that 2020 season, I know Penn state was almost as depleted personnel wise as Michigan was, but you know, they only scored what 27 points in that game. So it's not like they, they really, you know, blasted the Wolverines. So what's your biggest key for Michigan's defense in this matchup? It, it is a slightly different Penn state team because of Singleton, because of Allen, but at the same time, I, I, I think that this is a lot of similarities to last season with Sean Clifford, with Parker Washington, a, a key slot guy, good tight end play. What's your biggest key for Michigan's defense in this game? This feels like the game where we're going to learn where the linebackers are at, right? Because we talk about limiting the explosive plays in the run game for them. They do have that home run potential. They have good tight ends in the passing game, as Penn State always does. I, I guess if you're if you're Michigan, I, I guess you're kind of hoping that Penn State tries to rely. And, and again, uh, yeah, Parker Washington, really, really good player. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley, too, the transfer. Uh, I know it had a good start to the season. I don't know how he's done the last couple of weeks, but watched him early on in the year, and, and he looked like a legit guy. So, uh, you know, like I said, though, it just feels like Penn State is very similar to what they – kind of usually are and and the one common theme it feels like between these two teams at least when the game well maybe not even when the game's in Ann Arbor is that Michigan seems to have their way up front defensively with Penn State and and I think I feel like I've been reading and and hearing that their their offensive line is is better than it has been in years past but um, you know this is this is one of those situations you know we talk about where neither of these teams have faced what they're going to be facing on Saturday. And I, th- I think this is another example of that where their offensive line probably playing a little bit better. They, they, I mean, I don't know how many hurries and hits they had on Clifford last year. I mean, they, they almost have to be playing better than what they were in that game, but Michigan is really rounding in the form uh, up front. We talked about it last week. I know Indiana's offensive line, not very good, but either way, Michigan just has a steady rotation of guys that really seem to be kind of playing their best football of the season. So 
you know, I think for Michigan, yet limit the explosive plays in the running game. Don't get beat in the seams by their tight ends. And then I think they'll be, I think they can get to Clifford uh, and, and, you know, kind of do what they've done uh, against him a couple times, you know, is just make it tough for him to get comfortable in the pocket and maybe uh, create a couple of mistakes. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is, this is a game, I think the edge rushers and the linebackers, we're going to know if those are championship, if this is a championship caliber defense, because I think both of those groups, probably the two groups with the biggest question marks right now are going to be tested. You know, in, in addition to Washington, who probably a Mike St. still assignment, and maybe some DJ Turner or, or Will Johnson sprinkled in there too. But, but you know, Brenton Strange, the tight end, he's going to test. I mean, you got to think Penn State's licking their chops, looking at those junior Colson coverage stats or, or, you know, the Mike Barrett ones, not to pick on junior specifically, but you know, the linebackers in coverage has not been, has not been how Michigan wanted it to go. I think that's fair to say. Uh, And then ultimately I think the edge rushers, I mean, the way Mike Morris is playing the way Yabioki and Jalen Harrell are playing. I think there's an opportunity for Michigan to have, similar success to last season. You know, I think Penn State's interior offensive line is much improved. I think the tackles, I think it, it, from what I've been able to see, I think the jury's still out a little bit. Maybe not as bad as last season, but in terms of it being an area that Michigan can exploit, it's possible. But I think this is a, a situation where, where the consistency has to be there. And I think because Penn State can run better than Indiana, better than Iowa, frankly, probably better than Maryland, it is going to be on the edge rushers to produce a lot of that pass rushing because the guys inside, they're going to be kind of gauging, read, run, things like that. And, and ultimately, um, it just feels, feels like if, if Michigan's going to get, say, four sacks in this game, I think two or three of them are going to have to be from the edge guys. So I think that's, that's a big key. You need your if, – if Mike Morris is starting to trend toward NFL draft boards or – Yabioki is starting to trend back toward NFL draft boards, which I, I feel like I, based on what we've seen the past few weeks is, is fair, but it's going to have to show it from, from the start. I think in, in Saturday's game, it can't be just a second half with the phrase pin your ears back. I always love that. That's like the only phrase people use in, in terms of like pass rushing on third and longs. Or, or like know. when they, or like when a quarterback calls timeout and they say he didn't, there was something in the defense he didn't like. Yeah. It's like the only <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's stupid. I, I, I really want to know who the first person who said pin their ears back in, in regards to like pass rushing was because boy, they started a fire that no one can put out anyway. Still, that is the phrase in the, in this sense, you know, it's in, in the fourth quarter, second half of these previous games, that was what Michigan was able to do. I still think there's a lot of pass rushing talent there. I guess my big question is, can it come in the first half? Because it, I, Sean Clifford's been a lot better under pressure this season throwing the ball. But one, I don't think he's faced that much pressure. Two, I do think there's still that, that mistake-prone opportunity. And, and ultimately, he just shortened the field. Yeah, I think Clifford, good quarterback, put up good yards, you know, good arm. But I don't think he's someone where if you have him backpedaling, he's going to you know, quickly escape pressure plant his feet and send it 45 yards downfield. No, if he's under pressure, it, it, you can really reduce the zone or the arc of where he's throwing the ball. 
So yeah, to me, I think, I think adding some pressure and I think hanging on with, with strange, I think, you know, Washington, I think is, is probably the most dangerous player in Mich- in Penn state's passing game. But I think strange is probably the toughest matchup for Michigan, just because of what Michigan's good at. So yeah, I think those two are, are two players. I mean, quietly, not like a, an ideal matchup for Michigan's defense in this game. And, and they can prove me wrong on that, but, but I think this is, this is uh, it, Penn State's good at a couple things Michigan has, has struggled at so far. All right, let's get to these prop bets. Let's start with the sack one. 3.5 sacks total for Michigan in this game. I think they're averaging around 3.67, 3.87 so far this season. Penn State is not allowing that many, but do you see four sacks or more coming from the Wolverines in this contest? I'm going to go with the over. I just history says Michigan will get pressure on Clifford. So I'm going to lean that way. So I'm going to go with the over. Okay. I'm going to lean the other way. I I think there'll be pressure, but I think Clifford, I think it'll be kind of like Maryland in the first half where there was pressure, but Talia, what wasn't getting knocked down, wasn't getting sacked until the fourth quarter when, he kind of had to stick it out in the pocket. I think his Clifford's mobility, I think along with the slot and tight end options that he'll be able to throw to Michigan might hurry Penn state up a little bit and might, might throw Penn state off schedule, but I, I don't, I don't think they get to four sacks in this game. Do you think a lot of it comes down to, you know, I think a lot of it always comes down to first down because you can only dink and dunk for so long. If you're facing second and 11. Yeah. It, right. I mean, that, so like, that's why it's like, that's where like we've talked about the last few weeks about the diversity of players that Michigan has up front. So like you can play Harold on first and second down. Who's an excellent run defender. Who's coming into his own as a pass rusher, you know, to help slow down the run game. Then you bring Oki in on second, third, second and long, maybe, or third down, whatever that is. That's where I think, you know, I just, I feel like Michigan will do enough to slow down their run game on, on first and second down that maybe they'll get a couple, they'll get home on a couple of these. So um, but yeah, I, you know, I think it's, it could, that's definitely one that could go either way. I just, um, I just feel like Michigan is, is not a great matchup for a lot of teams right now because they have different style of guys they can put out there in different scenarios to uh, create problems. Yeah. I, I, and I do think one other factor to this, if Penn state's trailing by 10 at any point, this is going to be an over because I, I do think. I think Michigan's biggest issue in the pass rush right now is, is recognizing run versus pass. Once they're able to identify pass, they have the talent. They have the size. They have the wingspan. They have the, the pass rushing moves. They have the athleticism. It's just a matter of knowing when it's going to be a pass. And that was something probably maybe the most underrated part of Aiden Hutchinson's game last season was that he was, he was good against the run and the pass. And, it, and his recognition was really high level. I think. I think Michigan's younger, I guess, less experienced edge rusher are still getting to that point. Like that feels like a that feels like the next step for Derek Moore, probably Yabioki as well. All right, next one. Michigan allows five point five yards per carry from Penn State's running backs. So we talked about it. I mean, one big play can kind of disrupt this one, but five point five yards per carry for Penn State's collective running backs room. I'm going to take the under. I, I think that even with a big play, I still think you know five point five yards per carry is something Michigan can. If it's over five point five, I think 
you might be looking at a situation where Penn State scores 30 points. I, I think it's going to be under because it's not just Singleton, right? It's Singleton, Allen, Lee. I don't know who else will, will play on, on Saturday, but uh, I'm going to take the under on 5.5 yards per carry. How about you? I'm going to go with the under as well, I think. Again, this yeah, that's what this is one where a home run could kind of skew that stat a little bit. But yeah, Michigan's been so good uh, against the run so far, and I, I think uh, you know I think we mentioned not just Mozzie Smith, but Chris Jenkins has been really really good up front for Michigan. He's not going to be an elite pass rusher, uh, at least he hasn't been thus to this point in his career. But I, I would almost argue he's an elite run stopper right now. And uh, so you got two two plugs in the middle. I think that can slow things down, at least maybe force a bounce to the outside. So, no, I'm just going to err with caution here, and I'm going to say under. Let's let's transition to the overall predictions, because we did do a, a half offense, half defense one. Biggest lead by any team will be 14.5 points. So it is interesting in 2016, 2017, in 2018, the teams alternated with blowouts. 2019, a little bit less so 2020, but kind of 2020 and 2021, they were real tense, kind of edgier seat, nail biting type games. Does a team take more than a 14 point lead at any point in this game? I was going to try to get you to go first on one of these so I could be the reactive one, but I'm actually, this one just feels like it's, I feel too strongly that this is the under. So, Steve, your thoughts is either team either develop an early lead or pull away late to get up by 15 or more points? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, this could, you know, could be a could be a garbage touchdown late, maybe. Uh, I don't think so, though. I think this is I think this turns into a one of the closer games these two teams have played in Ann Arbor in in recent memory. I, the COVID year, like whatever. Um, not to take that away from Penn State, but just that game, that whole year was just such an anomaly. But any uh, conversation about Penn State won at Michigan Stadium or Penn State won in Ann Arbor is it's not the same when there's literally no fans in the stands. Yeah. So uh, but I do think this turns into a, a good game. So I, I will say under with you. All right. Steve, your final thoughts on this matchup and your prediction for Saturday's game. Uh, I'm going with Michigan in this one. I think it'll be a good game, though. Like I said, I, I I just feel like, I guess I always look at, you know, take, take their offense versus Michigan's defense, take Michigan's defense. I mean, it's common sense, but I always kind of combine all that stuff. And, and who do I think? I, I just feel like Michigan, more solid team all around. It's always significant that they're at home. This, this game, this, uh, I don't call, I don't think, I don't really consider Penn State one of Michigan's three or four biggest rivals, maybe. I don't know. Um, but this, this, matchup always seems to be uh, mostly a home type deal. I actually Michigan's the one that's had some success in happy Valley, but uh, I, I just think Michigan does enough. I'm really just buying in on McCarthy taking, he's just taking steps every week. And I feel like there's not really any reason that that can't continue on Saturday. Uh, again, doesn't mean he's going to come out and like light the world on fire, but I, I just think he's going to play impressively. Um, and Michigan just has too much uh, for Penn State. I'm going to say Michigan 25, Penn State uh, 20. Okay, 25. You and your your 
arcane scores. I don't know where you get the 25 points, but but uh, I'll let you have it. I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think the home field situation, it, it, Michigan's going to be comfortable. Penn State's going to be uncomfortable. And I think Penn State showed to me winning at Purdue, winning at Auburn, that, that they're not going to be phased by a road atmosphere. But one, I think Michigan's better than both of those teams. I also think their fan base is better than both of those teams. But two, I just I do think Michigan with a maze out, you know, they're they and, and also just they've been able to build up for this game. Penn State has two because they had a bye week. But I think when when there's this level of buildup, I almost always take the the home team just in my own predictions. You know, I, th- I think the the home losses are either when the other team is just clearly a better football team or the home team took the visiting team a little too lightly. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a, a game Michigan has lost at home that wasn't one of those two over the past you know, under, under Jim Harbaugh, I suppose. So yeah, I'm taking Michigan. I do think this will be closer. I'm with you. I think, I think Penn state last year, I remember doing the preview for this game and being like, man, Penn state, they're really bad at pass protection and they really have no run game. Like as long as Aiden Hutchinson and David Jabo show up, you know, and Michigan gets enough on offense, I think they're going to win. And that's literally exactly what happened. And, and Penn state had some injuries last season, but so did Michigan. Blake Corum was out. Eric all scored a touchdown on a sprained ankle. Um, Jamon green was out. If I'm not mistaken, there were, there were a few injuries on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, this this figures to be a much healthier matchup for both teams. So ultimately, I do think it will be closer, but I'm going to go Michigan 27, Penn State 24. I think it's going to be a a close game, but I will I will take Michigan with the with the home field advantage and also some of the other reasons I outlined. I do think this is a more multiple offense than Penn State's used to facing. And then I think defensively, I think it's a more physical defense than Penn State's used to facing so far this season. So should be an interesting test. So this has got to be one of the harder games to figure out because I don't think either team has played. Uh, I mean, has either team played like a, a true bonafide like bowl team even? I mean, maybe Maryland and Purdue each. I mean, everyone else is kind of uh, Iowa and Auburn. Both are, are way worse than maybe they were uh, expected to be ahead of the season. So. Uh, you know, Northwestern and Indiana are both struggling. So actually a lot of similarities in the two schedules so far, but I'm going to take Michigan 27, Penn State 24. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Tons of preview content over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Uh, be sure to check out Lions 24-7, our, our, our Penn State site. They do a great job. They, uh, uh, Daniel Gallen hopped on with Alejandro in the Behind Enemy Lines podcast. I hopped on with uh, Tyler Donahue uh, the other day to, to preview Michigan side of things. They, they do a great job, so be sure, sure to check out all of their content, too, ahead of this top 10 matchup. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you after the game. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.